Comics Network production. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show. Presented by Empire. On ColtMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races. With your host, Steve Mattis. Welcome, everybody. Yeah, Supercross on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. It's one hour. Supercross goodness. Dallas Supercross coming up this weekend. Round seven. Where in the heck did the other rounds go? One hour. Your calls. 702-586-7857. Give us a call. We're going to give away a pair of Fly Racing uh, riding shoes, M16 uh, canvas, or the leather riding shoes that Fly Racing makes. Fly Racing, much more than just dirt bike gear, people. But you knew that already, right? Besides that, they've revolutionized the world of lightweight racing apparel inspired by Canard. In short, the light hydrogen line has been refined over the past four years to set the standard in what riders want out of racewear. Unlike other lightweight gear on the market, the Fly Racing hydrogen line has kept all the premium features like zipper lock and patented 2D system at Fly Racing USA on social media, and flyracing.com. Oh, by the way, did you hear about their new sector boot? That's right, black or white, premium high-end boot. Uh, people, check it out. It's on their website now, and uh, the thing's killing it. Uh, this show, presented by Infab. Yeah, Infab. Uh, dress up your Jeep, truck, or SUV with the hottest-looking, hardest-working accessories from n-fab.com. Uh, light mounting solutions, step systems, bumpers, you name it, they've got it. I've got a set of steps on my original line. I've never been happier. Never been happier, people, ever in my life, I swear to you. Fly Race and Moto 60 Show presented by NFAB 250 E-Series kicks off. Uh, very exciting. Let me know what you think. 702-586-7857. Who you got for the win? This is Steve Mathis. Jason Wygant and Jason Thomas will be joining me. Also taking your calls, producing the show, holding things down behind there, the, the producer's table. The Tits Legendary. Hi, Steve. What's up, Tits? Oh, well, you know. Did you go to San Diego? I was there. You did? Yeah, I didn't see you. Well, you didn't see me because uh, I drove up that morning and... You drove down that morning? Down. Yes, correct. I drove down that morning. It's like three and a half hours. No, it's like five hours with traffic. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. Five. And then parking, I spent another six hours trying to find a place to park. It was a little weak on the parking. (laughs) I mean, where I parked, right Uh outside the pits by the BTO truck. If you got there early, I'm sure parking actually wasn't that bad. But, uh, no, I ended up just trying to come for the night show, and I was expecting to be able to roll up. I mean, there's a dozen parking garages out there, but nope, all full. So that sucked. All full? Like, everything? Yeah, pretty much. So where'd you park? I had to park about a mile away. I had to find a garage about a mile away. So so that wasn't good. I spent 30 on an open lot Mm -hmm. by the pits, uh, and it was only good to 9 p.m., and I was praying that my car (laughs) would still be there because I'm not going back to put more money in. And it was there. Um, but yeah, it was, and how shady is it down there? Oh man. I, I was like, <laughs> should we just maybe just leave it on the side of the road here? Like, nope, yeah. not doing it. Um, but Hey, a great stadium. Very, really very cool nice stadium. stadium. Uh, yeah, that, that aspect of it. Very cool. I liked that part of it. Especially got to got to sit in a suite of one David Villeman. That was pretty oh yeah, awesome. you were that's right. You went, I was there. So you were. I saw the suite because some uh, LeBig pointed out to me. Right. Uh, very top of very the one top, column or whatever private it was. Bathroom can't beat that man. Yeah. So how many people were in there? Uh, probably about twenty of us. And did you know anybody? I knew DV and the two people I came with. Really? So, yeah. I don't know. How much did you pay him for that? I did not pay him anything. As he just a, let you go in there. Yeah, he's just like, 
hey, uh, I got a suite. Who wants tickets? And I'm like, I'll take two. He said, done deal. And he said, I said, you want anything? He's like, nope. Fucking filament. So I, really? Yeah. Can't so and that. did he cater it? Did he have food there? He did not. Ha- he did not cater it. No. Nope. Uh, but it was. Uh, it, it, Impossible to find, you know. That's super small elevator. That's yeah. the only way to get in there. Elevator. Yeah. I mean, well, they have it as uh, stairs, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, because I saw where his suite was. It wasn't like in the normal suites nope. where, like, the row nope. of suites, the yeah. one level. It was with three suites by themselves in right. like a tall column. Yeah, exactly. Really weird. Yeah. The only way in was through that elevator. You had a private elevator to get in. And you, uh, uh, was there enough seats to sit and watch the race? Because yeah. they, don't, they don't have that many seats. Yeah, there's there's twenties. There's two rows of ten, and oh. then, but they they were staggered. So so the the front row was a lot lower yeah. than the other one. So even if you're in the second row, you know what okay. a good deal. So do you admit that you only got into David Villeman's suite at San Diego because of the Pulp Mech show and this Fly Race and Moto sixty show? Or do you feel like David Villeman, a a Supercross winner, former factory rider, would have uh-huh. invited you? Just called uh, Sundale and Suns Concrete and just uh, just called you. Yeah, I feel like he would have seeked me out. I'm, okay, you know, I'm, all right, <laughs> perfect. Thanks, that's awesome. No, no, I, uh, on that aspect, of sure. Yes, I will agree with you one hundred percent. That and I'm a really cool guy. So he was just like, yeah, no brainer, man. He wouldn't invite me up there. I said, can I come up there? He said, no, you have to work. That's what he said. <laughs> Let me ask you this: was He said the same thing to Steve Cox, though. So you're, was you're his. Was his ex-wife up there? No. His kids were there yeah. and his new girlfriend and then a bunch of French yeah. people. I was wondering about the ex-wife thing. Uh, no, she was so She was there. at the race. I saw her. But oh, was yeah, she? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. I just no, wondered if. No, she did not make it okay. up there. I didn't all know right. that. Okay. Villeman. Uh All right. Hey, let's get our first guest on the line. He's Jason Thomas from Western Power Sports. But, yeah, Dallas Supercross this weekend coming up. I checked a look at the track map. We'll talk to JT about it a little bit. But, uh um, yeah, a couple of triples, which kind of suck. And, uh, looks like there's a break in the long rhythm section, which I don't like either. And no over under bridge, which I don't like, but the good news is on the positive for this weekend is that all new dirt, uh, failed motorsports, the, the track crew, they don't, they don't do this often. I've been told that the number one expense for building a track is buying the dirt. So they try to reuse the dirt as long as they can, because it's a big chunk out of their budget. Well, eventually every, I don't know, three, four, five, six years, they have to buy new dirt, and they've done that for Dallas. And uh, so the new dirt should be good. I'm looking forward to that um, this weekend. The riders should be much happier, too. The other stuff uh, used to break down quite a bit. Um, Dallas used to be concrete hard, man. It was it was insane. And uh, with the move to the new stadium, I don't know what's happened. I don't know if it's because it's not open. The other stadium used to be open, so the track would bake a little bit. But Because uh, um, I don't think they bought new dirt when they went into Dallas. That's what I'm saying. I think they've always used the same dirt, even from the old old stadium, but maybe not. It's always confusing a little bit. But uh, now we have new dirt, and the dirt actually has traction a little bit, as unlike the old Irvine Stadium, where it was like concrete. And, uh, of course, 250 East Series is kicking off this weekend. Jeremy Martin, uh, Marvin Muskan, Justin Bogle, three of the top guys. Then you have Atonis, Savachi, Davalos, uh, Hampshire, and uh, then a bunch of other guys after that. And uh, Jordan Smith um, is going to be out for this first round for the Geico Honda rider. Uh, Freeze, Reslin, Cunningham, Oldenburg, Dakotas, Alex Rodriguez, those type of guys 
who's going to be surprised? Who's going to uh, touch? Who's going to uh, do something? We got Jason Wygant coming up to talk more about the 250 E Series, and we're still going to give away a pair of Fly Racing uh, M16 canvas or leather riding shoes to a lucky caller. 702-586-7857. Give us a call and uh, ask us any kind of burning Supercross questions that you may have on your mind. And if it's a good one, we'll give you these riding shoes. All right, to talk about the 450s this weekend in Dallas is uh, our uh, our resident expert, two-time German Supercross champion, two-time Montreal Supercross champion, top privateer, the Jason Thomas. JT, what's up? Oh, not a lot. Just uh, looking forward to Dallas. Uh, when I say Dallas Supercross, the first thing that comes to your mind is? The Himalayas. Why? Uh, winners take all. That's oh, the race they raced at the end of yeah, yeah, winners yeah, take all. Yeah, it was in Dallas. Um, that's right. I forgot. Um, great. You said the first thing. That was I know, the first thing. I know. Absolutely. No, I, I know. I just wish I wouldn't ask that question. Um, <laughs> beautiful stadium. Wow. Like people, people talk about it a lot, but uh, um, it is. Yeah, and and I, you know, I wrote a column today talking about how cool it is and how new and the. You know the massive video screen, and uh, I'm already getting comments about how it's out, the video screen's outdated, and blah blah. I, what? That's completely ridiculous to me because it's it's just not the biggest or the best anymore. Apparently, um, <laughs> I, I just laugh. I'm like, okay, yeah, you go to the stadium and check out the screen and tell me how outdated it is. Yeah, it's it's a it's a, a great stadium, comment. man. It's it awesome. beautiful, and uh, yeah. I guess the only complaint would be the. The walk from the pits to the stadium is a little far, but I mean, not. It is. I mean, it whatever. Is. Like, yeah. Yeah. What are you gonna do? But it, like, when you drive up to it the first time, it's like seeing like a spaceship or something. It's just like this. It huge... is. I mean, it, it's crazy to me how far away from how far away you can see it. I think that's one yeah. of the most incredible things. Yeah. Is you're leaving Dallas Airport, or if you know all the spectators that are coming in from surrounding areas, and you're like, oh yeah, there it is, and you're just driving still and driving <laughs> still and driving still, and you're like, oh, okay, well, I thought it was right there, but maybe I was 15 miles away. Yeah, you know, Texas being flat, so you can just see this thing, uh, ginormous thing, you know. Um, yep. Uh, hey, so uh, brand new dirt, that should be good. People should be excited for that. Yeah, I hope it's better. Um, my biggest concern is that with new dirt, it's just the same dirt just new you know so i'm reserving judgment until i see it um just because i don't know that it's going to be an improvement just because it's new so we'll see i I hope for the best um either way it'll be a great event Uh, i just that would be awesome if they could really find some some great traction for that event um looking at the uh you know since the switch looking at the photos from the from press day and stuff it looks looks pretty good but that's hard to tell um since the switch from Arlington to to the new one, uh, since the switch from Irvine, I should say, to Arlington, the new stadium, the remember it used to be concrete. It used to be such hard pack, such just hard pack, concrete dirt. It's not that anymore, and I don't know if it's the same dirt if they're getting it from the same place or what's going on. But it's it's changed its texture over time. Yes and no. Um, I'll tell you what. In 2010 and 2011, it was insanely hard pack just exactly the same as what you'd see in irving stadium uh or in irving uh, cowboy stadium Mm -hmm. i think the main difference that you're seeing is that it went from uh outside where the sun was beating on it to Mm -hmm. now it's in a controlled environment inside so i think that's changing just kind of the baked side of it but as far as hard and traction wise man go back and watch the 2010 and 2011 versions it is exactly the same yeah Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's incredibly hard. Uh, 2012 was better. 
I'm not sure what they did different, if it was a wet season uh, coming in or, or what the difference was, but it was noticeably better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's just been a little bit hit and miss. Last year wasn't great. Uh, 13, I can't remember offhand, but um, it'll be interesting to see because I, I believe personally that the dirt was exactly the same before. It just didn't have that sunshine on it. Yeah, it didn't so. get beat down as much, right? Yeah, I, I'm really hoping that they, they could find some better dirt because I, I know that you know they realize that there's an issue as well. I'm sure that going into this when they, you know, the dirt is such a big purchase as we've talked about mm-hmm. that they have to do their, you know, their due diligence and find the best possible dirt that they can for this race. And, and hopefully that works out. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, so, uh, Trey Kennard won in uh, San Diego, a great, a great, uh, race by him. Second win of the year to tie Kenny Roxon. We're seeing some breakaway here from Roxon, Tomac, Kennard and Dungey breaking away a little bit from the, uh, from the pack. Obviously Chad got fourth this weekend. Tomac was coming though, so we almost saw another those four guys take the top four s- spots. Tomac came from about fifteenth, sixteenth to uh, to fifth. Is that kind of what we're going to see this weekend? Do you feel? I think we'll see that pretty consistently moving forward, mm-hmm. unless there's an injury or something to one of those four. Yeah, I just feel like on a week in and week out basis, those are kind of the best four guys, and uh, you know, it seems like we have a lot of evidence to back that up. You know, I think there are guys that are capable of getting in there at mm-hmm. times. Yeah. But on but on a consistent basis, just looking at it and be like, okay, who's your top four? Those those have to be the guys you look at. Now you were saying yesterday on the uh, NFAB um, uh, Fantasy Moto Show that you think Kennard's going to have a big weekend in Dallas. I do. Uh, we've seen him win uh, in Dallas before. Um, 2011, he basically controlled the whole race. He was great there, and uh, th- this condition I think suits him. It's it's very very close to what he practices on in Oklahoma. Uh, and I think he's comfortable in this, this Dallas environment. So I think coming off of last weekend's momentum, going into a race he's won before, uh, and the dirt being just what he's used to, I, I expect more of the same. Well, imagine, if he can, imagine if he pulls this thing off. I mean, he's still some points down, but can you imagine? What a comeback. What an amazing comeback from laying on the floor with his career maybe over at Dodger Stadium a few years ago to now winning this title. Like, It'd be amazing. It's possible. Uh, the biggest thing with Trey is just avoiding that bad weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he pushes so hard and he rides so close to the edge that he just has a tendency to have that little tip over or, mm-hmm. at worst, you know, a big get off. And, you know, to win a championship, you, you have to minimize those. Yeah, that is, that is the, uh, the major thing with him, isn't it? Um, uh, hey, so uh, I want to talk a little bit about Weimer. Um, he's been consistent uh, this year. He, he had a couple of down races there a little bit. But really, when you when you look at it, he's off the factory Cowie team now, and he's riding for Team Tedder. He's currently uh, 13th in the points. He's best, his best race was the second round where he got a ninth. And he's kind of been, you know, kind of middling around since then. How has this been for him? How has this – certainly, I mean, we're both friends with Tim Ferry. We saw what happened when he got dropped from factory team. Nick Way had to fight up through a privateer team. Larry Ward's done it like three times in his career. Is, it, is Weimer doing enough to get another factory shot? At the moment, I would say no. Uh, I, you know, when we started the season, I was actually like, man, he's riding, he's riding pretty well. Mm-hmm. You know, he was right around that 9-10 spot, but he was in the fight. Like, he was actually moving forward in main events. Uh, and I, I liked what I saw from him, and I kind of felt like if he if he built from there, that he was onto something. But we really haven't seen that. I don't feel we've seen. I don't want to say regression, but 
Mm-hmm. It almost it almost feels that way. Um, When's the last time we saw him like get a start and run up front for even five laps in a heat yeah, race or it's anything? It's been a really long time. Right, right. It just just doesn't have that. Uh, I don't. You know, I know he has the ability because we've seen it out of him before. But um, just the starts haven't been there. And then just the last couple weeks, I haven't really seen that that charge to the front that I have seen uh, yeah. saw the first couple. So. You know, there's there's always things going on uh, with a with a series this long. There are always nagging injuries. There are always sicknesses and things going on that no one talks about mm-hmm. and you never hear about. So you don't know if it's something like that or if he's just you know it's just been misfortune where he you know crashes, tip overs, bad starts, etc. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit early to draw hard conclusions on him, but you certainly want to see more from him if you're hoping to get him back onto a, a factory level deal. I look at a guy like Tickle, who who missed most of the year last year uh, for the RCH team, and he's re- he missed two races. He missed the uh, crash in the first stop at Oakland, missed that race, missed the next weekend um, as well. And I look at a guy like Tickle, and he okay, he's probably on a better bike than Weimer, right? Right. I mean, I, I would I would assume so. I would think so. I mean, Weimer's got you know Mitch Payton building stuff, which you know is pretty good. In theory, yes, I agree. Uh, but I don't see. Tickle's got the better bike. We can agree on that. But I feel like Weimer should be right with Tickle anywhere around there, and he hasn't been. You think that? You think that's a that's a good uh, uh, good uh, match for him? Is what Tickle's doing, and and how Jake maybe isn't doing that, but he can be. Uh, I think they're they're close in you know ability and and skill and all that. Um, their career paths have been very similar. They both won two fifty titles on the West Coast with Mitch Payton. Uh, they both were not highly touted amateurs, uh, so to speak. So there, you can draw a lot of parallels to the path they've taken. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I think that uh, you know Jake, you know, Tickle has had the, the edge on Jake recently. Yeah, and uh, really from both of them, you know, Brock's coming off a huge injury. Jake's coming off a, a few years of injuries. So you kind of want to see more from both of them. Uh, oh, Brock had really? a really great fifth Come place. Come on! Come on! Tickle's doing fine. He is. Uh, I mean, you he, want to see more dealing with Brock injuries. Tickle? You know, he's missed. Uh, he missed a race. He DNF'd another one. So that's not ideal. I, I feel. You want to see more out of Brock Tickle? You're 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 hard. I would like to. I like Brock. I would you, like to see more. I'm not. I mean, there, I have nothing riding on it. There's no. no I know. Not a. Uh, you, you know, if he does worse, okay. You know, I can handle it. But I would love to see more from him. Yeah. I, I, you're. I think last year before he got injured, he was he was uh, kind of breaking through a bit. He missed three quarters of a year. He missed three quarters of a year. Last year? Yeah. No, I'm talking about Supercross. Yeah, but but I'm saying you, you want to see more from Tickle. He missed three quarters of a year. He's still, you know, missed a lot of races. I want to see more. I'm not saying I demand to see more <laughs> or I'm going to be is, but... <laughs> disappointed. I just want you're, to. I think he you're a has harsh, more. You're a harsh team manager. I think he's been doing great. I, no, I think you're misinterpreting maybe how I um, – Laid that out. I, I want to see more from him because I think he has more in him. He's doing great. I, like coming into the season, no one knew what to expect. Mm-hmm. He came off a big injury. Uh, he got fifth place at Anaheim two, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So I think he's done really, really well. I just think he has more in him. I think he has more left to show us this year. So I want to see it. Wow, harsh. Hey, no, not. Uh, I, I think I really think you're taking it the wrong way. I'm not taking it the wrong way. I'm taking it the right way. Um, You're misinterpreting what I intended to <laughs> construe. Uh, Wesson Pike is uh, in for this weekend. Now he's 
not in in officially is going to try to ride. JT, you think he'll be in though? You think that yeah, he'll be in? Yeah, what Pike will be back for the JGR team, and Barsha, of course, is out for probably a couple more weeks at least, maybe longer. Um, hey, we're, we got the phone lines full. You want to get to them? Sure. Let's, yeah. let's do that. Uh, Aaron, what's going on, man? Hey, how are you guys doing? Good. Thanks for listening to the Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show presented by Infab. You got hey, got a question, um, and this goes back a couple weeks, but Dungey won at A three. Um, Post race interview, he's he's down on the floor on the bike getting interviewed. There's a, a guy who I think's representing KTM in the background, holding a great big orange globe of some kind. What was that? I didn't see it. My wife. That asked, was a uh, that was a diesel glow plug. Oh, is that what that was? <laughs> yep. Because his nickname's a diesel now, so they, they right. made this this fake glow plug to kind of signify him being the diesel. <laughs> there we okay. go. That guy, he, he really took a lot of pl- pleasure out of standing there holding this thing up, and I, I couldn't figure out what it was. So. My wife asked me the same uh, thing. I had no idea. I didn't go back and watch it, though. So. Gotcha. Thank you for All clarifying right. that, JT. There we go, JT. Yeah, no worries. I actually got asked that quite a few times, so I had to really study it and figure it out. All right, thanks. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Okay. Uh, Nick, you want to talk about Ryan Dungey? Yeah, let's talk about the diesel while we're on the topic. Right. Um, first off, he was pretty damn fast at San Diego. Um, I feel like you guys kind of uh, threw him under the bus there. He was catching Roxon and uh, Kennard a little bit towards the end. I mean, he cut it down to almost a little under three seconds to, to Trey Kennard. Um, but I still think he's super bad at passing, and I was wondering why. Um, have you have you have you looked at why he is bad at passing? Is it, is it is it his aggressiveness, or is there something about his style that just makes him not good at passing? It's got. I think it's. I think to me, his style's fine. His speed is fine. Obviously, I just think he doesn't. He wants to just wants to just shot from aggression, from confrontation. Sometimes you have to force the issue. And Ryan's a pretty nice guy. He's a pretty mild mannered dude. And I think out on the track that 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 translates out on the track to being like, hey, I don't want to pass you unless I can absolutely. Make it stick. Um, you know, Ryan never goes into a passing opportunity going, well, we'll see what happens here. You know what I mean? And sometimes I think you have to do that. What do you think, JT? I think you're, you're right on. Uh, I think he also realizes that sometimes when you go in there with let's see what happens, it turns out poorly, and mm-hmm. he doesn't want to give up those points. So I think it's a, a combination of what you, know, what you were saying as far as his personality and, and his approach to racing. And also he's just trying to be a little bit wise about you know, the point situation. Yeah. There you go, Nick. Thanks. Great. Well, can we talk about Trey Kennard real quick, too? He almost killed Kenny the same way he took Chad out, um, the way he jumped way far inside right there. On the, like where, Kenny had gone over to protect his line. Right out of the first um, turn. Out of the first turn, yeah, where he got it, where he passed him. Yeah, yeah. that was crazy. I thought, oh, my gosh, Kenny's going to jump across, and we're going to have another black flag. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Trace, Tr- and, and on the opposite end of what we were just talking about with Dunge, Trey is one of those guys that just kind of sometimes closes his eyes and pins it and hopes for the best, you know? So, Yeah, they're yeah. very, right, great. very Thanks, opposite guys. end uh, of the spectrum. Yeah, exactly. Uh, fantastic. Uh, hey, Gene, what's going on, man? Gene. Hello? Hi, Gene. Welcome to the show. What's going on? Oh, not much. Um, actually, my first time ever calling in live. Usually I listen to the archive oh. for both this and the uh, Pulp Show. Um, Thanks, man. Thanks for calling. You're yeah. a first-time, long-time um, in radio speak. Yeah, first-time, long-time. What's that? I couldn't hear you. You're, you're supposed to say first-time, long-time. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, 
So anyway, uh, my question was about Steve. You brought it up before the uh, Slater skins. You know what that is, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, so I actually I'm friends with the guy who makes them, uh, John Slater, and he this year for the first time has um, some support from Yamaha as well as Blue Buffalo. That's going to be like his team's title sponsor. Yeah, I've seen um, them. They yeah. actually had a guy Ryan Zimmer, a local pro. Mm-hmm. He uh, raced at Unadilla, and so I'm wondering he's. Um, going to be racing the East Coast Lights. I'm wondering if, let's say, I, I don't know where he's going to stack up, but let's say he does well, gets maybe top 15 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you see possibly teams uh, moving towards something like Slater Skins for more advertising space? It's been around a long time, the idea, even before Slater Skins, there was a company doing it. Um, yeah. The big thing is is retaining the heat. Uh, um, yeah. and, and affecting motor performance slash uh, suspension performance, um, rear shock performance. I, I think they look good. I think they look cool. Uh, our number one problem, or not number one, but a problem we have is is getting enough signage on these bikes. There's no doubt about it. I don't know though. Like, I, I, these factories are slow to come around. You know, these big teams are slow to come around yeah. to, to some guy in New York making these skins. I'm not bagging on them. They look cool. I'm just, you know what I mean? There's a lot more yeah. other things that come into it, but what do you think, JT? Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you're kind of changing the way that the manufacturer's brand, or the, the way the bikes come stock too. So I think you get some some pullback or, or resistance from the factories with that because they want to keep uh, the bike that you can buy as close to mm-hmm. the bike that you can that you're they're racing with as much as possible. So with all these bigger teams, uh, they're like, no, that looks too much different. It's going to look totally, you know, so we're, we're not getting that same, like, hey, look at our motorcycle. You can go buy that on Monday type look. Um, and I, I don't know too much about the, the mechanical side or the drawbacks of that. Steve, you would know more there. But I, I think it's aesthetically, I just think that's where they get a little bit of resistance is just it, it changes doesn't, the, it doesn't the look customer like the, yeah. uh, basically look from what they're trying to sell. It doesn't look like the Honda on the showroom. Or right, exactly. No. Yeah. But, yeah. but he's actually uh, John Slater. He's from Connecticut, actually. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. That's that's how I know him. But uh, that's besides the point. He, uh, I mean, he Ryan Zimmer was able to ride the whole uh, Unadilla National, and apparently heat wasn't too much of an issue. I definitely understand what you're saying, though. And I can yeah. understand how it would be an issue. I know it was in the past. Yeah, he had no. a couple free. He had a couple freestyle guys run it. You know, ten plus years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 you know, he's my friend. I've told him personally. I think. It is kind of ugly. I just thought maybe an outside sponsor who doesn't really care I, too much how the bike looks, hey, I don't maybe think they'd it's, like I, it. I don't think it's ugly. I don't, I don't think it's ugly. I mean, it's, Yeah, it's obviously personal preference. Yeah. I mean, whatever. It looks kind of neat or cool, or you know what I mean? But I could see the factories. I could see JT's point, and then I think unless they've shown that, they, that they, don't, they won't trap mud and they won't make the bike hotter and all that kind of stuff, you know? So Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Good points, though, for sure. I wonder if we'll ever see him. Yeah, I don't know. Thanks, Gene. Yeah. Thanks for calling. All right, Steve. All right, thanks. Uh, Mike, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, good. Thanks for taking Yeah, what's happening? You want to talk about the semis? Yeah, I was at San Diego last weekend, too, and I'm a pretty think, knowledgeable fan of the sport, and I'm sitting there watching the first semi, or maybe it was the second, I forget, but I'm scratching my head wondering who the hell everyone was in this thing. It looked like a deep practice. <laughs> wow, I don't know about that, but yeah, I got I got it. Oh, Killian <laughs> Rusk won the damn thing, come on. But he beat Brock Tickle. A photo finish, but yeah. JT wants to see more out of Brock anyway, so that's, that's a different story. Yeah, that's but ridiculous. 
I want the best to, for rock. They need to, <laughs> to change that up. It's like that quite a bit. And I know listening to the Pulp Show, how Edson Matt was talking about trying to finish on an odd number or even number to mm-hmm. get into the, the weaker race. I get the idea that they want to see people racing with different people, but wouldn't it better be better just to do it like they do for the gate pick for the main? Well, we used to do it that way for, you know, a hundred years. It was done just you, whatever heat you were in, you were also in that semi and the heats were based off qualifying time. And guess what, Mike, sometimes the heats and semis were exactly weak, like what we saw in San Diego. I mean, JT, you, you were lining up in these things and looking at them and being either very happy or very mad many weeks, you know? So, yeah, it was tough, and I, man. Sometimes yeah. you just got royally screwed. Yeah, and so like if you, I know what you're saying. This weekend it didn't work out, Mike. But in the old way, sometimes it didn't work out either. You know. Well, the new way. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is like whoever finishes fifth, so just misses the bubble. Mm-hmm. Both fifth places goes into one heat, and then both sixth places go into one heat. Correct. Both seventh. So that's. I mean, you're obviously you're taking the the two guys who barely missed the the main out of the the heat race and putting them mm-hmm. into the same. Um, semi, so automatically it's going to be very routinely stacked where what you're talking about is more well, just luck, I think. Yeah, but, I mean, you can't always say that the, the, the strongest guys are finishing fifth and the strongest, you know, somebody doesn't crash or whatever. Like, it's it's not, you know, it. there's I, I mean, of, there's, there's obviously luck built into this. Yeah, I think both ways. I don't think I either think, way you're going to make somebody happy. I just I just don't see it, you know? And. Another point on that is when they first put the semis, I mean, obviously it's cool because you get to see more racing. I like that part of it. But I think it actually makes uh, it harder for some, like, for, say, a Nick Way. I think he's much more likely to qualify out of a longer heat race, whether taking the top eight or nine, than where he has not necessarily the the best starter and he's, you know, Uh, having less less laps to, to get in. I don't agree with that in the sense that you have three gate drops versus two to get into the main event. So, well, that's the idea of it. But if you know, one's stacked and you end up, you know, off the back of the pack. Well, yeah. I mean, you, I, th- I just think it's six on one, half dozen on the other. What do you think, JT? Yeah, I don't really think it matters too much because you're still doing nine and then uh, four. Um, the numbers are the same. Uh, the only, the only real argument I could make is if you're just the worst starter of all time, and you need to, you're hoping to get to ninth instead of get to fifth. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's really about the only the but, only difference I really see. I will say, Mike, I I was in favor of dropping the semis when they did it because I thought that it confused people and people are like, "What's going on?" and more racing. I don't understand. But I, you really did notice in the heat races a lack of uh, of effort from effort. guys yeah, in there. Oh, absolutely. There. You know, like when you're in seventh, yeah, if you're in, you're se- you're six, seventh, eight. You're like, I'm good. Like I'm just total cruise mode. Just don't crash. <laughs> right, right. Yep. So now we have a little bit more racing, a little bit more fighting for elite number sure. of spots. You know. So I'm. In, I like the change back to the semis. I wish they hadn't cut the laps though. Man, I yeah. I, don't, I don't agree with that decision at all. To cut the cut and, back the and laps. And maybe that's the biggest issue with it is that you know it's such a short race. Yeah, I mean, for, the more laps you have, the more the skill will rise to the top. You know, and and I mean, honestly. Uh, Mike, I this weekend's semi, to me, JT, maybe you can maybe you can correct me. It was the first time I remember ever thinking, "Wow, it's really weak." Like, I mean, I don't remember. It was, it was bad this weekend. That's probably the most lopsided yes. semi I've ever seen. Yeah, and or that's, one of them. Maybe maybe fifteen years ago, I saw one. Yeah, that was yeah. Bad, but it's been a long time. Right, right, right. The LCQ was probably more stacked than that one. Oh, right? it was absolutely. So you know. Yeah. That's just weird. But one other thing, too, sorry to stay on these semis, but 
why do they run the uh, the LCQ for the 250 before the the heat? I don't the, know. The I don't know. It's That's ridiculous. Terrible. It's it's a stupid idea. I've written about it. I've talked about it. Uh, I don't know why they do that. I asked uh, an official person one time, and they didn't know either. Um, yeah. Why you would put the 450s back-to-back when you don't have to, it makes no sense because there's an intermission in there. So you, you would you, you would, would go. think you'd want to break it up for the less knowledgeable fans, too, who may not know the 250 guys as much to keep the, the stars of the show spaced out throughout the uh, program. More. It's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a bizarre move. JT, do you have any idea why they do that? I I have no idea. I've been dumbfounded since they did it. Yeah, like like go four fifty, go four fifty, heats, two fifty, heats, four fifty semi, two fifty LCQ, four fifty LCQ. There we go with an intermission thrown in there somewhere. I think they did that at A one last year when they first brought it back, and then they switched it for like Phoenix. And I was like, well, why did they do that? They did it. They were they, what they don't want to do, and it, and it's so it's ridiculous. But what they why they switched it is because they were finding out that there's a college basketball game or some sort of game going on or a race, NASCAR race or whatever. If it goes long, the fans miss the 450 heats, so they miss the quote unquote stars of the sport. So they went, we can't have that. You know, we we need to have run 250 heats first. And yeah. I, 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 it's like, you know, do you ever like inter- introduce uh, uh, Michael Jordan or, or, or I guess now I'm dating myself with Michael Jordan. Do you, do you introduce LeBron? Do you inter- introduce LeBron James in the beginning of a uh, of a uh, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers game, and then uh, oh he doesn't play for another ten minutes? You know what I mean? That's what it is. We're introducing Trey Kennard and Dungey and Tomac and Roxon. We're introducing them. We're pumping them up. Oh, hey, you're not going to see them for a little while, though. Don't worry about it. Like, it doesn't make – the whole production doesn't make sense to me. And having the 450 guys go back-to-back is, is, I think, when you don't have to do it, is ridiculous in, in terms of having bike changes or bike problems or whatever. Cool. We don't have That's to have that. Like San Diego when the pits were seven miles away from the tunnel. Absolutely. So, to me, like, just looking from an outside person, and I, I don't know everything that goes in – I don't know the ins and outs, man, but uh, – it's silly. It's a complicated case. It's a complicated case. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Mark, do you want a set of uh, Fly Racing uh, M16 canvas shoes or leather riding shoes? Oh, hell yeah. That'd be uh, great. I like these questions from you, Mike. Uh, stay online, then. Tits will get your info. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. All right. Uh, Hobo. What's that? How are you? Hey, Jace, JT may have to walk home uh, if Blake Baggett makes the podium. Do you have any Hobo um, advice? Go to therapy. <laughs> After Don't or before? <laughs> Don't do it. I went to therapy after I did it and realized no. how much of an idiot I was. No, he has to do it, so he has no choice. It's part of the bet. I don't want to do it. Just bail out, man. Just just bail. <laughs> well, okay, all right, Hobo. Hey, what's up? You want to talk about JGR? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to understand the uh, fill-in ride a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really know exactly kind of where it, where it stacks up on the, uh, on the totem pole, I guess. Um, I mean... Which what's like the border of guys that would take that ride, like the privateers or or a guy like a Jimmy Albert saying? I mean, who who would be happier in well, Phil's position than in their own? I don't know. Phil likes it though. Um, yeah, it's, I, it's a unique like program. Like JT, you'd never do this if you were racing again, right? I don't think so. I, I think uh, it's a pretty unique deal. Uh, it, it just depends on what your outlook is. If you want, you know, I, I think for Phil. It's he thinks that that bike is incredibly good, much much better than anything else he could be on, and this is his only opportunity to race a bike that good. I think that's his sole reason for doing this. So 
when you look at it like that, it kind of makes sense, you know. Um, I think he's on salary, so he's. It's not like he's not making any money the rest of the year. Yeah, no, he makes salary. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't think it's ideal, but I can understand his his desire to race that bike, and if that's the only way he can get it, then hey, sometimes you got to sacrifice. But you would. I right. mean, JT. I mean, you know, the bike he's racing is better than your BTO Suzuki was. It's, oh, a, it's without, okay. I mean, it's so better than yeah, anything I've ever raced. Yeah. So. You know, you're in a position like Phil. You would you would do this for the bike? I would I would think about it. I would have to look at mm-hmm. other options because if honestly, for me, the way I would do it, I would be racing other places. I would go race these races in Europe. There's an arena cross series in the UK going on. There's all kinds of races I would be doing. Uh, and then if they needed me, hey, I'm ready. I would just be all over the place racing and making money too. I don't know if they'd let you do that though. But uh, okay, yeah, so if they don't let like do that, that, then I probably position. wouldn't do it. I feel like that position almost stunts your growth a little bit. Um, you know, we all know how short joke? If, <laughs> if somebody's out for, a, you know, a season or two, it's just the sport just passes you up so fast. And well, so with Phil only racing, you know, maybe half the season, if that. He raced, he raced one race short of half the year last year. Yeah. yeah. I, I just think that, like, man, that's, that's kind of a sacrifice in a way. I, I just, I think it stunts you a little bit and it, it just feels like it has to be just the right person who's kind of happy where they're at. Yeah. Um, and what? if it's someone still on the incline who could, you know, Here, uh, here's what you got to ask. Better ride Here, in the future. Here's what you, I just don't know that they would want to take. Hobo, that. here's what you got to ask yourself: Is Phil Nicoletti a better rider than Kyle Chisholm or Jimmy Albertson? What do you think, off the top of your head? I would have to say, yeah. Okay, I would say he's of the same or not as good in my eyes. Those guys don't have rides. They've built teams by themselves. They're spending their own money to go racing. So the point being, if you're Phil, maybe there's not a long line of people looking to, you know, to hook you up and, and, and do better, uh, give you a better deal. Because our sport, you know, there is some, some problems with, with getting rides for 450 guys. So, so who, who else would take that? Like if that spot opened up next year, who, who would be the candidates? I don't, be interested? I mean, a Chisholm would, 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 be a guy, I think. Albertson, like what you named off the top of your head. What do you think, JT? I don't think it would be many. I, I really don't. I think guys like to race. Um, yeah. I, it's really hard to further your career going this route. And most of these guys, like I've talked to Albertson about it, he's still chasing the dream. You know, he wants to get better and then get a better ride and make money and, and go that route. Mm-hmm. So it really does limit your opportunities to get to the next level because you're you're falling behind when you're not racing. So, and you're also limiting your exposure to potential options and teams and all that stuff. So yeah. it's, it's a unique situation. I don't think that many guys would just jump right on board on that. Um, thanks. Thanks. Hobo. We got to run. All right. Thanks. See ya. See ya. It is a, it is a different deal. No doubt about it. Um, Hey, uh, Mark, what's up, man? Welcome to the fly race and Moto 60 show. You there? Hello. Hey, what's up, Mark? Uh, yeah, I just had a question about the, uh, the KTM factory edition. Um, yeah. Originally when they did that, I thought it was because that, uh, you know, Roger had designed a new bike and, and they were, uh, you know, trying to get that one to be raceable. But, you know, this is like a few years down the road and they're, they still seem to be making, you know, a separate factory edition. I mm-hmm. mean, are they doing that because it's an advantage because they can, you know, make a bike that's better for racing supercross. 
you know, that they also sell to the public so they can race it, you know, and make the changes that they that they couldn't normally make because of the production rule. And like, how come other teams don't don't kind of do that same kind of thing? Well, the Japanese are pretty structured with their with their production line, and you know they're making Gold Wings and XRs and CBRs and everything else. If you're a Honda, so you know you don't have the time to stop your production run and make some super trick factory edition bike. KTM's very flexible; they can make changes on the go as they go. So I don't see the Japanese guys just doing it. The market's not strong enough. KTM's definitely taking over with their racing mentality philosophy. Um, I think I don't know why they're doing. I understood why they're doing it the first year, like you said, uh, Mark. But now I don't really know. I don't know why they did it again. You know, so uh, it's a good question. It's working out though. The bike's a killer. So what do you think, JT? Yeah, it just seems to be like it's a totally different bike than yeah. what, you know than the actual fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, KTM. I, I just yeah, I think, uh, I think you're on something as far as the you know KTM's versatility, uh, the way they're they're structured, and I just think it's a it's a company philosophy versus you know Japanese are they want to build their production model and sell a ton of those, and and KTM's a little bit uh, seems like they're a little bit more in tune to the different levels of customer bases, and mm-hmm. I, I just think it's a different business model. You know, I, I don't think either one's really right because I think uh, all of them are selling a ton of units. I think. So yeah. it's just different. It's a different different approach, and, and Honda's a little bit more uh, streamlined as far as their production line mm-hmm. and what they want to accomplish, and KTM's kind of thought outside the box all along the last decade or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think it's uh, anything that's going to change. I don't think Honda's going to be like, oh, yeah, we should get into that market because I just don't see them changing their philosophy or they see a huge uh, financial yeah. reason to do that. Um, no, it's a it's a really unique thing. I mean, these things are ten thousand dollars. They're sold out. You can't. There's a waiting list. You can't get them. So, in a way, KTM smart. They're creating a demand. You know, by barely they're making four or five hundred units of these things. Yeah, four hundred. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, hey, thanks, uh, thanks, Mark. Appreciate hey, it. I got one other quick question, real quick, uh, right. for JT um, on Promoto fan uh, for the Oakland round. I got third place, so uh, won the helmet, the fly helmet. Okay. And um, but on, on uh, you know on the website there for Promoto fan it, it showed they they were going to do the Formula Facet the new one okay but they sent me the uh, F2 which I really like it I'm just wondering if there's a reason why they didn't send a new one oh I I, I honestly that would be a Promoto fan question uh, I honestly don't know um, possibly because we had just gotten them in but I don't. I'm speaking for someone else. I, I don't really know. Um, yeah, it's not yeah, really yeah. my department. Uh, I do know that we had just received the facets in uh, the weekend of A2, um, and we started selling them that week but leading up to Oakland, so that may have had something to do with it. Uh, but, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm speaking for someone else on that. Yeah, contact Promoto Fan, Mark. Let them know. Okay. All right, thanks, man. Cool, thanks. All right, thank you. Uh, JT, let you go. Thanks for uh, coming on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Good times. We'll see you in Dallas this weekend. No worries. All see right. you guys. See ya. Uh, Fly Racing Sector Boot. The sector represents Fly Racing's entry into the premium off-road boot segment. Packed with the features and technology you've come to expect from every Fly Racing product. Black or white uh, torsion control system, slip-on inner booty, and positive latch buckle. NFAB, proud sponsors of the uh, Toyota JGR NFAB team. Dress up your Jeep, truck, or SUV with the best-looking accessories. N-Fab.com, proud sponsors of a lot of things in our industry, so support them. Uh, speaking about NFAB and JGR, 
Let's get the man on to, to ask him a burning question. He knows all things uh, JGR. The Weege. Weege, what's up, man? Uh, yeah, we do have actually burning or breaking news or burning breaking or breaking burning. Weston Pike back this weekend. Yeah. It will happen. Yeah, our friend JT yep. broke that earlier on the show, on this very show. Oh. Why are you, why are you saying, he, he, speaking of JGR, I have nothing no, else to report? No, I have something to ask you. I have something to ask you. Oh. Uh, JT, okay. you know, obviously Weston Pike, a fly racing rider. So maybe that's where his info yep. came from. Is it true? Tits is wondering. Barsha oh. is not hurt. He's been benched for Nicoletti. Is that true? Uh, I'm afraid you're right. I'm afraid it's you're right. happened. It's yeah. finally happened. Yeah, the, the, the benching f- did happen. I mean, did anyone see Barca crash? Nope, it happened on a Thursday. Yep, of course. Yep, that's track. Yep, yep. And so they have said to and, him, uh, they said, Justin, we have a guy, and uh, we will now put him in, and he will perform for us. Right, Pike is back. Yep. Uh, so yep. he's not the replacement for Pike. He is the uh, he is motivating. Barsha, Barsha's got a stew on this for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Think about what you've done. Think about what you've you done. Want <laughs> yeah. Watch Phil. This is how you do it. <laughs> this is how you ride Supercross. Don't do the cartwheeling, but everything else. Do everything else but the cartwheeling. I'm literally watching Twitter right now, afraid that someone's going to post that we're actually saying this seriously. I know, everybody. We're, jo- we're joking. We're joking. This, was, this is not true. Justin Barsha is injured. Um, hey, welcome yeah. to the show. Thanks for coming on. Um, Hey, uh, yep. 250 East, I want to talk about that with you. Uh, kicking off this weekend, uh, we didn't do a 250 East uh, podcast preview, and so let's do a little bit mini one right now. Bogle, Muscan, or Jeremy Martin, true or false, your title winner will come from one of those three. Yeah, I believe so. The only wild card I would throw in there is uh, maybe Savaji, but uh, he even had an injury. Um, you know, during the off season, mm-hmm. and he hasn't really raced much Supercross, so uh, I'm putting him between those three. Of course, you always have Davalos. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, uh, Davalos. I mean, he definitely had a bad injury. It took him a long time to come back from. He was really good last year. He should have won the title. But, I mean, do you think he can be there? No, I'm going with these three. I actually feel like, if anything, the level is. Uh, higher than it was uh, last year. I mean, Davalos, it was really since Rulo's title to win last year. Um, I mean, Davalos and Baggett were maybe battling second and third. Bogle will be better this year than he was last year, and he was battling Davalos quite closely, and Davalos has a huge injury to come back from. So I feel like the level, especially mm-hmm. when you throw Muscan and probably a much improved Jeremy Martin in there, it's going to be harder to win this year than it was last year for Davalos and or... He's coming back from injury, so mm-hmm. I don't think all these things line up very well for him. 702-586-7857. got a question for Jason Weigand or myself on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. True or false, Jeremy Martin will qualify this weekend in Dallas for the main event? Uh, false. I don't think he will. Really? Yeah. You think he goes uh, 0 for 3? <laughs> yeah, just a, just a major hitch in his step for some reason. Just can't get it done. Pressure, man. Um, yep. That would be amazing, wouldn't yep. it? That would be freaking amazing. Um, I talked to him actually uh, over the weekend at uh, he was at <laughs> excuse me, San Diego. <laughs> Hang on, Jesus, are you here. all right? Trying to get that radio voice. Just trying to get that radio voice. Um, he thinks he'll be better than he was last year when the year begins. I think he should be good. Yeah, really, right? I would hope so. I would hope so. Um, yeah. Tonus, I have Tonus Davalos Savachi on that next level of guys. Maybe Hampshire. 
Hampshire, obviously trained by the great Tim Ferry, a Supercross specialist, Tim Ferry. I mean, you can mm. he, he racked up the Supercross wins throughout his career. and um, Former champ of this series. Yes, absolutely. Do you think he's told Hampshire, look, we don't need to win. You don't need to win. You need to nope. just, just be there. Need, yep. Um, Second place finish all year. Is there, uh, and maybe Freeze, like Freeze went fifth two years ago, third last year in the series. Maybe we're not giving Freeze enough credit, but I have Tonis, Davolo, Savachi, Hampshire, and that next group of guys after the three I spoke of. And then, of course, there's uh, Jimmy D, uh, uh, Resland, Lemoyne, Cunningham, Oldenburg, uh, maybe uh, A-Rod from Star Racing, um, if he can keep it upright. I, I think that might be my choice for a breakout guy if he just doesn't break himself. Well, some racing, man, they're just on a roll right now. And I think the dirty little secret is one of the real issues with uh, Jeremy Martin last year, um, that bike was new a year ago, and I don't think they were ready. They had some stuff. Cooper Webb raced it on the West last year. And then I think they made big bike changes right before the East opener. Mm-hmm. And apparently from what I hear, it was so fast, it was pretty much unrideable. And Martin hadn't had any practice up with that motor. Mm-hmm. After a couple of weeks, they went out in California, they tested, they got it figured out. He was much better after that. Now you can't argue. I mean, Plessinger and Webb have been on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a feeling why wouldn't the fourth guy, uh, A-Rod, at least be effective on it? We'll see mm-hmm. if he crashes or not, but he should be fast. I think they've got that bike totally dialed now. He's been fast. He qualified well at Dallas last year. I mean, he was up there. He could be a guy that could yeah, do he something. Yeah, hurt in a lot of the races, and then he'd crash out. So we'll have to see. But I think Star Racing, they've just got it figured out right now. Can you say that again? I need to hear that again. I know, I know what kind of alternative, alternate <laughs> universe we're in. But how do you stop this, st- Mitch Payton? How are you going to stop this Bobby Regan juggernaut? <laughs> uh, Jimmy Dakotas, Kyle Cunningham, uh, Lemoyne, a couple of three veteran guys um, that that can run the pace. I mean, they got some speed. Freeze also. Um, what do you look from those guys? Can they win races? Can they podium? This has become a new theme of the East. Uh, we we made a lot of jokes about the East. Uh, two years ago, and no no uh, offense to Will Hahn or Marvin Muskan, they're world-class riders. They battle for the title. They could battle for a title against anyone. I think you'll see Muskan doing that, proving that uh, in a couple of days. But it was the rest of the field wasn't that strong, then was ravaged with injuries, and allowed those privateer guys to really shine. And the same thing happened last year. So you're taking the Troy Lee team out, for starters, when you go um, east. A bunch of these Yamaha teams you're taking out, the door's always open for those kind of guys, the Cunninghams, the Lemoynes, Kyle Peters, uh, to get in the top five or even podium. They've mm-hmm. done it before. Yeah. This is the new way of racing on the East. Yeah, and it's good. It's exciting. Um, yeah. Do you yep. see who's, – who's your race winners? Who's the race winners uh, on the East Coast? Who do you see winning? I think it all goes through uh, Moosecan to me. That's what I think. He's on a real roll. Um, I know that Hill hasn't been that strong on that bike uh, in the West, as strong as we thought. But I think Moose can't have it figured out. So I think it really comes down to how many races he doesn't win. You would think Bogle will get his share. Uh, and then how many are left is really what determines um, the amount of other winners. So I'll just go with three. How about that? Who are they? Moose can. Bogle. Uh, Moose can, Bogle. Who's, I mean, J-Mart? He won Vegas last year, so you know he's, that gives him a boost of confidence. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with J-Mart. He, he's 250 national champ. I mean, the jury's a little bit still out on Supercross, but by the end of the year, he was not far off of Bogle. He went from not qualifying to, mm-hmm. I know Bogle was in points protect mode, 
Yeah. But he wasn't getting lapped by Bogle, so you would think he'd be fairly close this time around. Uh, what about this Tonus signing? I, I talked to some people in the pits that are they, they, they're pumped on this kid. They, they think it's going to work out terrific. I talked to other people that are like, he's a mess. He's a mess at the Cowie track. He's you know already coming in hurt without a lot of prep time. And what's Mitch Payton thinking signing this guy? Like I, I really get varied opinions uh, on Tonus, and not even from people that are his agent or you know man friends that are talking. These are independent people, or so I start think, anyways. Independent people talking about a Tonus signing. Where, where, where do you stand on it, and what do you think? Man, I was a little curious about it as well. And the really hard part about figuring this, this out is what you've always said. Where is the level of the MX2 class behind Hurlings in the GPs? He was probably the second best guy. He had an unfortunate shoulder injury that at the time was like, ah, whatever. He's got his bags packed for the United States. He did what he needed to do. But who knew, like a few weeks later, Hurlings was going to go out. Mm-hmm. Tonus could have, should have, would have been champ now moving over here. Mm-hmm. So that's unfortunate for him. But what we don't know is, what does being the second or third best guy in MX2 mean? Does that mean you're really good? Mm-hmm. Some, some people out there have felt that uh, those are hollow race wins and championships for Hurlings because the competition isn't that good. Mm-hmm. Some people have said that. People have, yeah. Empty. So Empty. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're judging Tonus on. Yes, he did win a GP last year, and he had the points lead for a little bit, and he was keeping Hurlings honest here and there, but I'm not sure what second place in that class equals uh, over here. And that's motocross. Yeah. Um, this could be tough. I, Swiss guys, I think they do some supercross with the, they'll maybe participate in the French series and they have Geneva and all that. So they're not totally, not yeah. like uh, Langston or Alby coming over here, but still, this is going to be, my, my eyebrows are, were raised at this one. I was like, really? Hmm. Yeah. No, I've seen Tonus in Supercross at Geneva. Um, yeah. You know. Yep. So yeah, he can he can ride it. Just I don't know on what kind of level. And um, oh, by yeah, the way, I'm a little I'm a little worried on this one. Jordan Smith's out for Dallas. Maybe back for one of the Atlantas. This kid yep. is fast, but he is Zach Bell ish. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. He's not Zach Bell. Look at him. I mean, he looks stout. Yeah. But. Yeah. Uh, all you got to do is just go back and uh, find some highlights of uh, Monster Energy Cup mm-hmm. amateur all-star race the last two years. Flying over the tough blocks, endoing last, uh, two years ago. This year, I think he cased his way out of it like 30 seconds into the race. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of huge injuries. I mean, he is a good rider, but he's just been beat up a lot. Yeah. Uh, I hear good things about Resland yep. at the Yamaha track. Um, Luke Resland of the, of the Cycle Trader Rock River team. So... Looking forward to seeing how he can do. I think Brendan is a little more, um, from what I hear, I think he's a little more Supercross experienced than most people in his mm-hmm. position. Um, it's strange to me that these dudes live at these, uh, you know, training facilities like their whole lives. Mm-hmm. But I guess they don't get on a Supercross track on nearly as much as you would think until yeah. they turn pro, and then in October they go out to the test track. Mm-hmm. Uh, Renslin supposedly has like a world class Supercross track, and he's had one for the last couple of years at his place in Florida. So I think that might be why he's looking, from what we hear, more comfortable than you'd expect right. early on. Are you a little worried about Bogle? He had another injury coming into the year, and I guess he's okay, but, man, Justin's been beat up a little bit. Uh, I'm less worried than last year, to be honest. It's yeah. not as catastrophic, although it's funny. It's actually stuff that didn't heal right last year, but he was good enough last year to win the title, and even outdoors – I mean, he was on the verge of some moto wins. 
despite apparently never getting to 100%. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but I think he's got much more prep than he did last year, and you've got to figure. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year he was in that uh, that zone we talk about where can you really win your first race and a title in the same year? Yeah. Well, now he's got that all out of the way. Mm-hmm. So I think that would make a huge difference. I would still – I'm still pointing as a Moose Cam to save, but Bogle's going to be good. JT is basically stamping Moose Cam. I mean, he is very confident in Marvin's ability to win this title. Are you that confident? Buscan's really good. He's a really <laughs> good rider. And I know he's had some injuries here and there. Yeah. But when he's not hurt, he is consistent, too. Like, he doesn't oh. have – I mean, just look at what we've seen in the West. I mean, every time you think you know what you're getting out there, besides Cooper Webb, who's just so balls out fast, it doesn't matter. Like, he'll yeah. just win anyway. Yeah. But, I mean – it's a quick reminder of how inconsistent riders in the 250 class generally are. And you yeah. think of Muscan, you're like, no, that's not him at all. Like, what, what's his worst finish going to be? Yeah. I can't pick. Can you picture Muscan getting an eighth? No, I can't picture him cartwheeling. No. I can't picture him doing any of that. Yeah. No. Nope. Um, oh, exactly. So I think that's where his real strength is. Plus, he's a really nice guy, too. He's a really nice guy. <laughs> right? Yeah. He's almost. He's ridiculously nice. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. Oh, no, yeah. His, his wife's nice. He's nice. It's it's it's, it's insane. Uh, Briggs, you've been on hold for a while. Welcome to the Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show. What do you want to talk about? Well, I first want to say congrats on uh, number two hundred and uh, building an empire for podcast. Um, I've been on the sport for twenty five years, so I've uh, seen back in the day where we had to wait three weeks for Moto content. So yeah, I want no. to thank you and all the the group of people you put together to make these things possible. So. Thanks for that. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, I appreciate it. Things, it's been going well, so thank you. Absolutely. Um, I think your format idea is spot on. Uh, I was actually calling in originally to talk about that as far as uh, the the semis and the last chance qualifiers being back-to-back, and I think it's absolutely ridiculous right now. And mm-hmm. I think you hit it spot on as far as what the format should be. Um, I'll, I'll move along quickly for you guys. Um, JGR concept, I think with uh, what they're doing with uh, – I've drawn a blank – um, I think it's phenomenal having the backup guy, test rider, and then somebody to be able to plug and play. And yeah. I, I think it's a really smart idea. And I, I don't understand why more riders don't wouldn't be willing to do it. I understand that it maybe makes them a little bit less relevant. But in the grand scheme of things, there's only a handful of guys that are going for championships in the sports and top fives. You know, why not cut your losses and be a little realistic? Yeah, make some and, money. Uh, yeah, realize what realize what your value is and have a guaranteed paycheck coming in. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's a unique concept. Uh, you're right about that. I, I, these guys are racers, though. You know, They've been racing their whole life. To, to sign on for some money and say, hey, you may not race at all is a tough deal. But Nicoletti obviously uh, feels like it's worth it. And, I mean, like we said, he did one race shy of half the season last year. So he raced a well, lot. I'm, I'm a fellow New Yorker, um, so I've, you know, Phil's, Phil's a great guy, but I also listened to your uh, Paul Carpenter podcast uh, the other day just to kind of go back in the archives a little bit. Yeah. And uh, how how much of a level had Paul Carpenter had when he stepped away from the sport of realizing what he was and, and what he did and, mm-hmm. and being happy and content? I think more guys need to, you know, need to adapt that psyche kind of to, you know, realize that no one to hold them, no one to fold them. Uh, the one kind of question I had for you guys and was uh, – what do you think about getting back to a big prize for Vegas for the shootout round? Um, Vegas over the last five years to me has become irrelevant. Uh, guys go out there and ride around because they have to. Uh, maybe Marshawn Lynch-ish where they don't want to get fined or you know they have to race the race. 
what about getting back to uh you know putting a big prize out like a truck or or a big prize for Vegas to make them guys actually go for it um yeah you know you know they've changed it this year they're they're back to being uh um there's no finals anymore it's only the east west shootout now i don't know if you knew that or not so yeah but that's what i'm saying is like but people go there and they're not trying they're just wanting to make sure they're they're healthy for Sacramento or Glen Helen they don't um, there's no reason to push i don't know i mean they, there wasn't when there was another main event you could definitely see it lost some of its lax uh it, it lost what was it Weege? it uh Lost its lax luster. Lost its lax luster. <laughs> lost its lax lost luster. luster. Right. Is what a famous announcer told me. Right. So that right. means lost its lax luster must mean it's, it's actually good. gained luster. Yeah, yeah, it's actually really good. Yeah, it's actually good. Um, yeah, but yeah. Uh, what do you think, Weege? What do you think of Vegas and, and putting up a big prize? I mean, obviously, um, hey, Briggs, if you want to call Feld and donate a truck, they'll take it. But. Uh, <laughs> Um, well, I mean, we have, uh, I mean, we can, you know, talk to his buddies over at JGR. They're pretty good with Toyota. We can get Toyota back on the, on the roll of things again and put up a truck. Yeah. Well, again, it's your fault. There's no truck. I've taken up too much lunch money. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Um, hey, no, I totally agree, man. It, it does be something that, and that was an awesome promotion for that. Uh, like, I think you would get more mileage if you're Toyota putting a truck online for that than any other way you could give one out. You what think, about giving around, giving away ridge lines? I mean, there's got to be a bunch of those people don't want to have any. Briggs, Briggs, you're dancing on a <laughs> on a hang up. Briggs, look, hey uh, guys, enjoy your thank show. You. And have a good day. Thank you. Uh, do you think Toyota possibly got scared by RV saying he'll trade it in for a Raptor, and they were like, mm, "Yeah, we're out." I think you could put a ridge line up for second place in the shootout, and you would see an unbelievable balls out battle for the win. On that note, we got to go. Jerk. <laughs> All right, thanks, Weech. <laughs> well, this is the easiest appearance ever. Thanks yeah. for JT for going long. Yeah, exactly, right? Thanks for coming on, bud. Appreciate it. All right, see you in Dallas. See you in Dallas. Yep. All right. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show presented by InFab. Well, Tits, we did it again. It's done. It's done. Thanks to uh, Fly Racing for giving away those uh, sweet boots, uh, riding boots, to Mike or Mark or somebody. Michael. Michael. And uh, thanks to J- JT, of course, and thanks to Weege for making the Ridgeline joke. Asshole. And uh, all right, Tits, so you're not going to Dallas? No sweet life anymore? Not this week, unfortunately. Fly Racing Moto City Show presented by NFAB. We'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Thanks for listening. <laughs>